Hello everyone and welcome back to Beast Corner, a true crime podcast where I will be diving into the most infamous true crime cases of all times. So today's case is Jeffrey Dahmer. After the new Netflix show came out with Evan Peters, I decided to finally dive into this case. Um, I think like Evan Peters is obviously an excellent actor, but he definitely did a good job in portraying him. And one of the favorite things about um, the show was that it was um, like it always portrayed, it always told the story from the victim's side, which is, I think, very important. And like, it, it's it's a really good show. I, I would re- definitely recommend uh, you guys to watch it, basically. Jeffrey Dahmer was born on May 21st, 1960, father Lionel and mother Joyce Dahmer. He spent his childhood in his place of birth, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. At the age of four, he suffered a hernia surgery shortly after, um, following also the birth of his younger brother. Uh, Jeffrey became more disengaged and his behavior changed. Uh, According to his confessions, Jeffrey said that his interest in necrophilia and killing people appeared around his teenage years when he was 14. However, uh, it looks like the trigger for his murders was after his parents divorced. So, um, how did the killings start? Around 1978, uh, Jeffrey was reported having problems with alcohol. And like that's when his killings started, basically. In June 1978, he picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks, taking him at his parents' house, got him drunk... Uh, And when Stephen tried to leave, Jeffrey killed him by hitting him in the head and strangling him with a barbell. Um, After he was done, he dismembered the body and buried the remains in the back of the house. Later, he went back and exhumed the remains, uh, crushed the bones and then scattered them on a wooded ravine. Um, Around that time, because of his problems with alcohol and also dropping out of college, His father, who was remarried, insisted that Jeffrey should enroll in the military. Uh, In late December of the same year of his first killing, he did and was stationed in Germany. In the early 1981, uh, because of his alcohol problems, Jeffrey was discharged from the military, leading to his return in Ohio. He was troubled and having problems with authorities. After an arrest, his father sent him to live with his grandmother in Wisconsin. However, his problems followed him there as well. Alcohol usage was a constant. He was uh, arrested again for indecent exposure twice, once in 82 and again in 86. In September uh, 1987, Dahmer took the life of his second victim, named Stephen Tommy. They went into a hotel room and drank. Uh, Dahmer supposedly woke up to find Tommy dead with no memory of the previous night's happenings. He bought a large suitcase to transport Tommy's body to his grandmother's basement where he dismembered and masturbated on the corpse before getting rid of the remains. Over a period of 13 years, Jeffrey Dahmer took the life of many young African-American men Um, and children. He used to pick them up in gay bars, bus stops, mails, and trick them with promises of sex, money, drugs, to follow him uh, to his house where he took their lives. 
Um, his pattern was to lure the men at his home, give them alcohol mixed with drugs, then strangle them to death. He used to engage in um, sex activities with the corpses and then dismember them and then dispose of them. Uh, he used to take photos of his killings at various stages and use them to re- relive the moments of his killings. He kept souvenirs as well, like skulls uh, of his victims uh, or genitalia of his victims. Uh, evolving in his rituals, Jeffrey started to do experiments like um, injecting acid into the brains of his victims, trying to keep them alive. According to him, his zombie experiments failed, uh, trying to find other solutions to prolong his contact with his victims, he started eating them. Um, he took the life of two more victims and in 1988, his grandmother, tired of his countless late nights, told him to move out of her house. Uh, she was, however, unaware of his other activities. Uh, the same year, in September, he had a close encounter with the police. He was arrested for sexual assault of a 12-year-old boy. He argued that the boy looked older and that he was unaware of his true age. Um, He pleaded guilty and was awaiting for his sentence. However, this close encounter did not uh, slow him down at all. In March 1989, he lured Anthony Sears in his grandmother's basement, um, where following the same pattern, he drugged him, strangled him, and sodomized him. He took photos as well. That same year, in May, his sentence was given. Uh, he argued in front of the judge that he admits he was wrong and he sees his own mistakes. The judge considers that he needs correction and not imprisonment. So Jeffrey got a one-year sentence with day release, which means uh, he was able to go to his work during the day and return uh, to the prison at night. Um, he served 10 months of his sentence and moved back to his grandmother's for a short time before he found his own place. Uh, between 1990 and 1991, his body count went up and accelerated. He killed uh, more than 12 more young men, feeling confident and uh, away from any spotlight because of his victims, which were young men on the fringes of society. No one was looking for basically uh, and Jeffrey started experimenting as well drilling holes in his victims heads while they were alive different methods of disposing the bodies including chemical practices his sodomizing ways escalated as well um, he did have another very close encounter with the police on May 27 1991 one of his neighbors called the police because of a young Asian boy running naked on the streets. Police came and Jeffrey said the young 19-year-old boy, who was in fact 14, uh, and was the brother of the young boy he was accused of sexually assaulting a few years earlier, was his lover. The woman reporting this to the police did not believe Jeffrey and insisted that the young boy was in Jeffrey's flat against his will. Police, however, did not follow up with their sayings. Uh, given the nature of his sexual activities, they considered it a domestic case. Uh, they took Jeffrey and his lover back to his home, looked briefly around, were showed the pictures Jeffrey took of the young boy to prove they're lovers and left. Uh, if don't, if only they would have investigated a bit more, they would have found inside Jeffrey's 
home the body of his 12th victim, Tony Hughes, uh, whose body was decomposing. After the police left, he injected acid in his young victim and continued with his rituals. He continued his spree of killing and taking the lives of four more men, Matt Turner, Jeremy Weinberger, Oliver Lacey, and Joseph Braithoft. The details of each murder are truly gruesome, honestly. He killed Joseph the same day he got fired from missing from work. He left um, Braithoft's body on his floor, covered with the same sheets for two days. When removing the sheets, he saw the skull covered in maggots. He took the head, cleaned it, and placed it in the refrigerator. Um, and yeah, basically, I'm gonna give a quick timeline of all of the victims and their names in order, in order to honor the victims. So we know for a fact that his first victim, Stephen Hicks, was murdered on June 18, 1978. Then we have Stephen Tiomi, November 20, 1987. Uh, James Dockstater, uh, January 16, 1988, Richard Guerrero, March 24, 1988, Anthony Sears, March 25, 1989, Raymond Smith, May 20, 1990, Edward Smith, June 14, 1990, Ernest Miller, February 18, 1995, 1991, sorry, uh, Errol Lindsley, Lindsay, April 7, 1991, Tony Hughes, May 24, 1991, uh, Conor Egg, I, I probably won't be able to say his last name, but I'll add it into the show notes, May 27, 1991, Matt Turner, June 13, 1991. Jeremiah Weinberger, July 5, 1991. Uh, Oliver Lacey, July 15, 1991. And Joseph Breithoft, July 19, 1991, basically. Um, he was uh, arrested on July 22nd, 1991. Two a 32-year-old African-American man who was wandering the streets with a handcuff uh, on his wrists. Uh, the police decided to investigate the man's claims that a weird dude had drugged him and restrained him. They all arrived at Dahmer's apartment, where Jeffrey very calmly even offered to get the keys for the handcuffs. Uh, the police started to look for the knife Tracy was describing. That's when they noticed pictures of dismembered bodies just laying around. Uh, at a further look, they also discovered the horror show that was going on in his house, a head in the refrigerator, more bodies in the freezer, pictures, skulls, genitalia, parts of his victim, basically. Um, his trial started in January 1992 under strict security precautions because of racial tensions. He initially pleaded not guilty, though he did confess to his murders. He changed his plea later to guilty. His defense team explained with like every gruesome detail possible everything that he did, trying to highlight that only an insane person can commit such acts. However, the jury did not buy in, and after 10 hours of deliberation, 
On February 15, 1992, he was found sane and guilty on all counts. Jeffrey Dahmer was sentenced to 15 life terms in prison. Uh, he was killed in prison by two other inmates. During his time in prison, it was reported that he adjusted well to life there. He even found religion and asked to be involved in more activities with other inmates. This eventually led to um, his death when Christopher Scrover, another convicted murderer, decided to kill him, basically. And that was the case of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, again, I would like to apologize for mispronouncing any names or words incorrectly. English is not my first language, so, you know, I, I can make some mistakes. The names of the victims will be in the show notes. Um, there is also, like, an um, FBI file on Jeffrey Dahmer. That's also a great source. You guys can also look it up, uh, on, look it up in, online. It's a great source uh, to study him even further. And yeah, that will be all for today. Hope you guys liked it and um, I'll see you in the next episode.